Hey everyone, I'm Caitlin Barnard. And I'm Victor Gamow. In this series, we chat with software developers and technology leaders to tackle your biggest API connectivity challenges. Stay tuned to this episode for tools, tactics, strategies that will help you to take your distributed architectures to the next level. Let's begin. Today, I'd like to welcome Jeff Taylor, Senior Product Manager at Okta. And Jeff is here to talk about uh, one of my favorite topics. We're going to be talking about authentication across microservices. So Jeff, could you kick us off by giving us really a quick rundown of what we're going to be talking about today um, and how it relates to common connectivity challenges? Yeah, so uh, a little bit about me. I work on our SDKs and dev tools at Okta. So um, helping our customers work in their customized scenarios is really what brings me a lot of joy. And in previous life, uh, I was running a microservices group and we were in charge of like revolutionizing the way that our company thought about building software. And what really came across was how you could break up traditional monoliths into microservices. So what we're going to talk about today is how Okta can help you do this with API gateways, specifically using ConConnect. Awesome. And I'd love to start kind of right at the beginning where, um, especially for companies who are starting off with monoliths, what are some of the signs? How do you know you're ready to break up your monolith into microservices? Yeah, this is a really good question. And when I started out and I was really sort of anti-monolith, like monoliths had been the, sort of the bane of my existence. So I was like, we got to break everything up to start. And then found when I was trying to go to market with new applications that that wasn't really reasonable. So um, one of the things that I really latched onto was this concept called an application continuum. I loved it because it was just a spectrum around the life cycle, life cycle of an application. So you could go from building a monolith, and then over time, you could break that up into different components within the code and then break that finally into separate microservices so that you can work a little bit more independently. But again, the question becomes, when do I start this? What is a good indicator? And I think actually when you start to realize that there's sections of your code that you really don't know what's going on and you start to not really go and touch those sections is usually a good indicator that the code base is getting really big. And also, you start to see your functions and methods doing more than just one thing. So you start to violate the single responsibility principle. And they're taking on a lot. It might be time to really start to break those apart and provide sections. Now, what's great about the continuum is it doesn't say you have to go from zero to one immediately. You can start this as you're working on improving features and adding more to your code base, you can take notes of, oh, I haven't touched this in a while. Let me take a look here and see if I can separate it out. So usually it's when you start to fear areas of your code is when you probably want to think about breaking it out into its own components or microservices. Awesome. Um, that, that's a fantastic overview. Thanks so much for that. One of the things that then happens is as you move from a monolith to all of these different services, security comes into play, right? Um, you have to start worrying about security across all of those individual services. How do you think about doing that and doing that right without really bur burdening all of the developers? Yeah, and I think it's important to set up the context, right? Like you're, you have to do two major things. You have to figure out what is going to be the shape of your API, what is going to be the contract. That has to deal with an object model. If you look at things like REST, which is where we map resources and sub-resources, we're actually kind of mapping out our object model and its hierarchy inside of code through these APIs. That takes a lot of thought. So having to do that and on top of that, figure out how can I make sure that the right people have the right access to the right methods at the right time becomes exceedingly difficult. 
And so you look to offload some of those uh, some of those needs into other programs that can help you standardize it. Now, I use that term standardize is a is a good signal for a need for maturity. That happens when you've got to do this across multiple different uh, applications or even uh, software offerings that you have, but you have to figure out how you can scale it so you can do it quickly and respond to the changing customer needs. This is an indicator where you need to utilize another tool to help you get there. And that's where things like API gateways come in handy is they can take and offload this security. You can template it and make sure that all of your APIs that you're developing are protected in the same way to ensure that you have security across the board. It also allows your operators to work with your application teams to make sure they deliver a cohesive solution that's safe, but also delivers a value to the customers. So talking about that API gateway layer, um, what you can essentially do in that layer, like you said, is standardize your authentication. Can you talk a little bit for our audience who may be new to authentication or is trying to build this out right now, help define that for them because there's so many different ways we think about authentication across an application. What are the types of authentication really that fit in this layer? Yeah, so uh, well, let's separate from the ones that you're really familiar with. I'm sure everyone has used a website where you log in with a username and password and you get access to an application. Well, that's one way of doing it. We'll set that to the side. Now, there's another thing when machines are connecting with each other. They also have to identify themselves to make sure that they have the right authorization to request resources from another machine. And the way that we do this is through a protocol we call OAuth, which allows us to insert in the middle an authorization server in which the two machines are not communicating what we like to call in-band or like communicating directly with each other in which their credentials are kind of shared between the two. It allows a broker to sit between and for those credentials to go up to the broker to create a representation, which we call a bearer token, to pass over to the second application that they can then verify independently with that authorization server. This allows, the, this basically removes the burden of both of those applications from having to protect and secure the credentials of the other while they're trying to do their operation. So in effect, it creates this uh, seamless way that the applications can really interact with each other, but not really have to know that much about them. And the other part of this too, is if you wanna bring users into this mix, we've got another protocol on top of that called OpenID Connect or OIDC, that basically performs that same action, but to allow the user context to come into those authentication modes. And this is the way that most of our service to service communication happens in a secure manner. Now, API gateways will allow you to instantiate that and help broker that a conversation so you don't have to do that inside of your own code. One of the things here that comes into play, and we talk a lot about this at Kong, is when you're introducing these new technologies or these new layers into your application, it becomes a lot for your ops team to have to manage. And one of the things you've talked about is kind of building this in a way with empathy for the DevOps engineers. Can you talk a little bit about you know, how to do that or what exactly that means? Yeah, and what it really means here is on both sides, right? You really have to create empathy for the application developers and focus on what they need to do. But for the operators, you have to allow them to scale the needs that they have. What we see in operations is they deal with a lot of requests. Like I have to, I have to set up this thing. I have to change this other thing. And because we are looking to lock down who has access to what protected or privileged resources, we only allow it to go through a certain group of people. And usually that team is very small. So how do you make that team more efficient? Building standardization into the tooling allows you to automate a lot of these requests and bring new applications into the fold a lot easier by doing things in a standardized way. Back in the old days, before we had these fancy tools, 
operations engineers were judged by how well they could script certain applications, even through like the command line or just through whatever they had. And they would build these standard processes and ship them out in these uh, these CLI methods that they could call. And they may be the ones actually calling them, but you kind of see that the scale is kind of beside, behind the scenes. And now like by creating more UI tools and more accessible tools, you're allowed allow teams to self-service where the operator's in charge of setting up the standards by which they can make their endpoints available, but not actually in charge of doing the rote instrumentation every single time. So this allows them to stay on the forefront and think forward about the security posture as certain things change. We've seen a lot of changes coming in the pandemic with spoofing and phishing and all of this. You wanna keep your DevOps group at the forefront of that, being able to make those changes and propagate them down to every application that needs them. Absolutely. And I, I want to talk about one more thing here that I think comes into play and, and can be, become a lot to manage to folks is when you're dealing with different services, um, you're not necessarily dealing with um, a standard programming language ac across them. That's kind of the beauty, right? You can all work in your own preferred programming language. But can you talk about how kind of language ag agnosticity comes into play here with um, an API gateway and as you start thinking about authentication to standardize some of that stuff? Yeah, I think that's a really important concept. Like back in my old job, I was really big on trying to collect as many like value-driven services as possible. Part of that means that you want to accept whatever a developer feels comfortable in writing. I think personally, you get better code that way because you're asking someone to work in their strengths. Now, the burden then becomes is I have to then support and standardize over how they expose those different um, endpoints to maintain that high principle of language agnosticity, right? So in, in order to do this, we it really becomes important that we figure out ways that each of these languages can connect. Usually that will come in a standard uh, way that they expose their APIs and the API gateway can absorb that. I think it's, it's really that age old uh, conversation of how you would integrate with another uh, another application. There's some opinions on both sides and they have to sort of meet in the middle. And again, this is actually a great way to extend your operations team by inviting these other um, languages and, uh, and frameworks to connect to your API gateway. This actually unleashes the power of a full development force as opposed to like creating a small team, again, pushing the bottleneck down the stream so that one team is in charge of like translating all of these microservices so that they can be exposed through an API gateway. You want to try to avoid that because then all you're doing is like you're shifting the, you, you have this highly scalable DevOps team, but then you have a low scale, maybe microservices team that won't be able to handle the flood of requests. And so have you really increased the efficiency across the board? I would personally say no, but again, this is what, this is why exactly what you said, keeping keeping it very language agnostic and standardizing on the ways that you expose those endpoints through an API gateway can help you achieve that scale and diversity in what you offer. This has been an absolutely fantastic overview um, of Auth across microservices. So thanks so much for spending time with us today. Um, if anybody wants to learn more, we'll have some links in the description of this video. Um, so you can head to developer.octa.com. Um, to sign up for a free account. You can also try out a Connect free trial as well um, in the link in the description. So Jeff, any final comments or takeaways you want to leave the audience with? Yeah, I want to leave them with some uh, words of wisdom that I had to come across when I was at my last job. That it's okay to have monoliths, but it's also good to mature your monoliths um, at a reasonable time, so at the right time. With anything, any decision you make in software, you want to do it at the last responsible moment so that you actually get the most value out of it. 
And I don't, and I also want to say, like, don't be afraid of your code base. If you see areas that you're you're not familiar with, probably a good opportunity to carve them out, and that's going to lead you and make you a lot. It'll make it a lot easier for you to interoperate all of the components in your larger applications as you mature and grow. And also, like, check us out at uh, developer.octa.com and definitely sign up for a Con Connect account. They've got a lot of really great free offerings, even loading it up in Docker, which was a lot of fun for me. Um, so yeah, just a second that go out and do it. And yeah, thanks for having me today. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much, Jeff. Um, this has been a lot of fun. So, uh, and thanks everyone for joining us. We'll see y'all next time. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast using your favorite application so you don't miss a new episode. Don't forget to drop us a comment if you have any questions for today's guests or if there's a topic you'd like to see us cover in the future. For more content from today's guest, you can join us on YouTube to see demo segment from this episode of Concast. We'll see you next time.